0: Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the FC 13 podcast, your source for everything Canada when it comes to football. Sit back and relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. And welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the jingle there. I'm your host today. Paul, you're probably wondering, where's Andre? Where's that, where's that man who was talking yesterday, last week? Um, let's just say he's injured this week, ladies and gentlemen, but don't worry, we've got strength and depth here. Me and, me and my friend here, we're here to carry the load. Your friend and mine, Michael. How are you doing, Michael?
1: I'm good. I'm doing better than Andre, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think he got too mad at that Toronto game on uh, earlier this week and he lost his voice. It sounds a little...
0: Ah, oh, perfect, perfect segment you got for us there. Cause that is exactly where we're gonna start this week. We're gonna talk Toronto versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati 2, Toronto Nil, their second win over TFC in less than a week. Since for those who follow the MLS casual don't know it too well, they've only won 18 games and three and a bit seasons so far. And they've won four of for the last five games against Toronto, against Toronto, and this game was over after five minutes, wasn't it, Michael?
1: Yeah, it was. A, it was a rough game for Toronto, and um, it's kind of what I'm expecting for them all season, really. Um, when you finish so low in the league a previous season, I don't know how you build up so much moment uh, momentum to really fight back in the following year. And mm-hmm. this game is an example of what we'll get from Toronto all year. I feel um, conceding early goals. Uh, early reds, and it's a young team. It's a very young team in Toronto, and I think fans have to give time for these guys to grow into their boots and really be able to take the field and compete with some of these MLS pros.
0: Yeah, we have seen that with their depth. Obviously, they had a lot of players out. Their defence was obviously obviously far from ideal, and they got caught out pretty early. I thought throughout the game, the high line, they were certainly loving and dying by it. You see, with that first goal there, the high lane gets capitalized on by Cincinnati so easily, and then it just gets worse after that red card from Friesel. What was he? What What was he thinking?
1: I don't know. Honestly, I, 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 I can't even explain what happened in that scenario. It was, it was poor, and it was reckless. It was, it was reckless. It's a good way of putting it. It was, it was poor and reckless, and. Early in the game, too, it just hinders Toronto for the rest of the game. Like, as a manager, you have to sit there and be like, "How am I supposed to bounce back from that? We're already down one nothing. Mm-hmm. We're down, now down a man." Like you honestly, got a thirty-five-year-old like, Bob can... Bradley in midfield. Sorry. You got a thirty-five-year-old Bob Michael Bradley in midfield. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's a great experienced player, but it's not like you can put the whole team on his back right now, right? So.
0: No, he's, he's getting up. He's getting up there in age, and you can see that as well with the with the U.S. Yeah, I mean, for that point, it was kind of game over. Toronto didn't really offer much. There was only one team, look, they were going to score. Cincinnati get that penalty. Should have been 3-0. I thought that own goal, that not the own goal, sorry, the offside goal, that should have stood. I thought it was onside. And that was another clear example of the high line being exposed. It was just time after time. They just stuck they just stuck with it. And they were very lucky not to, not to lose by more, I thought. And yeah,
1: they can't come... yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, you have to know your system. And when you have such a young team playing a high line like that, it seemed like the team didn't adapt. They kept, they kept pushing the, the high line where you think maybe at some point you fall back, but you didn't really see that.
0: No, they didn't. They would have um, They would have needed a goalkeeping master class to keep them in that game. And speaking of a goalkeeping master class, that takes us to our next game, doesn't it, Michael? Um, Ottawa versus Pacific.
1: Yeah. <laughs> does that place a game? to watch an Ottawa fan? Another game on uh, the podcast where I could bitch and complain about Ottawa, but you know what? It's hard to complain about it. They had a really good game. Uh, Tabla, amazing. Like, Tabla's talent and skill is really starting to show in this league. But mm-hmm. Callum Irving, my God, that is probably the best goalie performance I've seen in this league.
0: I, I think to- that's been the. I think it's been the goalkeeper performance of the season so far. And there's a high bar. There's a lot of good goalkeepers in the league, such as Carducci and Vykla. He's really raised the bar there with that performance. I am a little bit on the fence here with Ottawa. Were they they unlucky or do you think they were wasteful? Because I think there's a difference there. I certainly thought, for example, some of the headers Becky had in the first half. And particularly there was a chance Shaw had after 1-0. He had a lot of the goal open in front of him and he just wasted the chance.
1: But at the end of the day, Calum Irving still stood on his head. He still made the big saves. Uh, if you look, if you compare Callum Irving to uh, to Tabla in that game, um, depending on who you're cheering for, one was the evil to their good, because they were just stopping everyone, and uh, it was insane. And to me, what was impressive about that though was the Pacific backline wasn't that noticeable. I'm not saying they had a bad game because they didn't, but it was really a lot of chances getting through and. Irving the one standing up and you know what though that's what's going to win you games right you're not going to have the best game everywhere on the field At certain games you're going to have that one player step up and Pacific had it in Irving and then Diaz with a nice little goal uh, I know Ottawa fans were saying it was offside and coming from me I'm an Ottawa fan it was, that goal was 100% good it was a good goal
0: I think that's um I think that's like the textbook definition of a striker's goal, isn't it? Just being in the <laughs> yeah. right place in the right time to put away those supposedly easy finishes.
1: Yeah, he was I able, able to was play a... Sokko on the. Oh, sorry, there. I was. He was able to play Sokko, and so people have to remember Sokko not generally a centre back. He's yeah. usually further up the pitch. He's a midfielder, but he did a very good job in that uh, centre back role. I thought he was probably the better centre back on the field in the whole game. Maybe McDonald could have been in there for as well, but. He played a really good game back there for something he's not used to.
0: He did, yeah. I thought this was. Um, I think this is a big win for Pacific. They came off those. Okay, they won the first three games, but they're at home. They go to Alberta. They fail to beat Edmonton. They disappoint in Calgary. They go into this game. If Ottawa win, they go top of the league with. They go top of the league with them. But instead, we're now looking at a Pacific side who are now five points clear. And the next game is Edmonton at home, and obviously nothing's a given, but. They'd be expected to win that game. All of a sudden, they're starting to build a little bit of a gap between them and the rest of the pack. Do you think they'll maintain this?
1: I, I think so. Um they clearly showed a little bit of struggle going on the road after dropping points in uh Edmonton, and did they drop points with uh, with uh Calvary? Yeah, Calvary. It yeah. Was 2-0. Um and so maybe there was a, a narrative there saying Pacific isn't the same team on the road as they are at home. But I mean, a big win in Ottawa and then they're to go back home to Edmonton. I think they will continue this pace for a little bit. Anyways, as long as they stay healthy, Pacific's going to be fine. I mean, it's no surprise they're the champions at this point.
0: No, it's not. And um, funny you should say that we're champions because we're now moving on to our next segment. We're going on to the news segment, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to talk about a man who knows what it all is all about to be a champion. Mr. Don Carlo Ancelotti. The man, the myth, the legend, if that's not being overused to death already. The man with a Vancouver wife. He's hinted recently that he wants to get into international football, perhaps after Real Madrid. And he cited Canada as a destination he could end up in. Michael, Carlo Ancelotti with Canada. Does that get you excited?
1: Uh, of course it does. I mean, it's a it's a big name. How are you Yeah, it's a big name. And unfortunately, Andre's not here to share his spin on this because he had a good point. Um, it, it is big and something that we could see Canadian players show more interest in playing for Canada if a name like that is under us. Uh, I mean, the guy's a legend. He's won everything you possibly think about at club level. And the fact that he even has Canada at the back of his head is pretty impressive.
0: Uh, it is, yeah, it is. He's won, um, he's won domestic titles in Spain, Italy, Germany, France, and England. The only manager to do that, he's won three Champions Leagues: two with AC Milan, one with Real Madrid, and potentially this podcast could get dated very quickly because he might win a fourth one. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. It's not going... always easy game there, but he could get his fourth one, yo.
0: He's been managing at the highest level since 1999 and you don't manage at the highest level for over 20 years without being adaptive. So in terms of being able to transition from club football to international football, I don't think that'd be a big step for him. Like, he doesn't play football the way he played football in 1999. He's a mod- he's a modern manager, make no mistake. He would do well with the team that Canada has. And I I think even if he isn't, even if it doesn't become Canada magic, because I want to talk about that too, Also, what it means for John Herdman. This is just a big sign of what Canada is in the world. You never would have seen this headline a month ago. I don't know if you would have seen no. it six months ago, would you?
1: No, not even close. I mean, uh, it's special what Canada's been doing right now. And I've been saying for a long time, the next four years in Canadian soccer is extremely important. And if this guy was to jump on that wagon with the fans, it would get even bigger. Um, if this guy... Says, hey, Canada, give me a go. I think it, it really puts Canada on the next pedestal. Like, because right now, going to the mm. World Cup, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, but I mean, Panama was at the last World Cup. Uh, Honduras was one of the one before that. It's like, is Canada one of those teams to like one well, appearance and they drop out? I don't think so. And I, I, shows, I don't see it. I don't see it either, but I, I'm just saying, like, with Angelotti coming potentially or showing interest, it just shows where Canada is in CONCACAF.
0: It does, but, um, I feel a little bit like we have to address the John Herman elephant in the room. I don't think Canada should sack him or replace him without good merit. I think that would leave a very bad taste in everyone's mouth because the guy's been a miracle worker with Canada. And I think as long as he wants it and no disasters happen, he, should des- he deserves a chance to lead the team out in 2026 as much as Ancelotti is a sexy name. What do you think?
1: Hundred percent. I think Herman's image, I think Herman's image, and I think Canada's image is Herman at least for twenty twenty six. Now, eventually, was serious and he does want well the job. I maybe Canada sits down with Herman and be like, "Look, if you want to stick with us for twenty twenty six, go win as a gold cup." Maybe that's something <laughs> Canada can say to him. But I don't believe in letting go of the man who got us to where we are today. Because without Herman, Canada is not where we are now. That that is no. clear as
0: now, you don't want to feel discontent there. And speaking of discontent, that takes us to the the football club formerly known as Montreal Impact. They're, they're at it again, aren't they, Michael? You can't keep this team and their ownership out of the news for too long.
1: They just love stirring stuff, don't they? I mean, I guess this one is supposed to help the matter, but I don't know. Changing this the logo is... is what Montreal's going to do right now. The change changing the logo for the second time in, what, three years? Like less that. than a year i think it's just
0: over a year like 2021 they changed
1: it oh sorry yeah okay that's right um i mean obviously they got big outlash people some people may be saying it looks a little bit like a butthole the current one uh <laughs> never go to a butthole i i remember what he said uh they wanted change changes for it to be more recognized internationally
0: they want to make and, an impact
1: yeah they want to make an impact on the international level they could barely make an impact in the MLS level, man. They're barely making an impact
0: in Montreal. Have you seen the crowd
1: since they announced it? I mean, they they, they hated it and fans showed it. And this is one club I can think of in history that really did not listen to the fans.
0: No, 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 no. And uh, we do have plenty of precedent of this in football as well. You only have to look at and ladies and gentlemen, I want you to Google some of these. The the Legion the potential Legion badge, the Chicago Fire proposed badge. That was a good one. That was a great one, wasn't it? We had the Everton badge as well. So this isn't something teams can get away with. If there's enough fan pressure, this eventually gets changed. And I think it's such an easy thing to do. Just, just have the fans on board on this committee meeting when you're changing these logos. It's, it's not that difficult.
1: Yeah, you gotta put them into perspective, and at least listen to the. If you do not gonna have them involved, at least listen to them. And speaking of listening to them, I guess we can go into the next topic as well, since. Alan Koch wants to be heard right now.
0: He does, yeah. He uh, he's, he's crying out to anyone who will listen. And honestly, I don't blame him. The moment that I seen this, I also fought what Alan Koch fought. So for those who haven't seen it, the head coach of Edmonton has publicly come out and lamented the schedule to the press that Edmonton have had to go through. Recently, they had to do an away trip to Forge and then go back to Edmonton for a game in midweek and then go to Halifax for another game, totaling 12,804 kilometres of travel in just seven days. Free time, games in free time zones. And we, we know Everton's, Edmonton's situation, they're financially very cash-struck, so they're not travelling in luxury at all. They even had to sleep in Toronto Airport at one point. This isn't fair for them, is it? Like, why is it league like, doing this?
1: Look, it might not be fair, but it's Canadian soccer. It's a big country. You gotta get through the. You gotta you gotta go through the, uh, uh, the term uh, the 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 distance. It's part of the sport, honestly, in the country. If you wanna be playing it, uh, it does suck for them. But they're not the only team that's done it, and they're not the only team that's going to have to go through it this season. Look at Pacific. Pacific just did it the same week as Edmonton did. Three time zones, three games, and team- they also. Uh, I'm going
0: to have to stop you there. The difference with Pacific was they played a home game and then they went to Alberta, which is the shortest possible distance. And then their next game was also in Alberta. No, and then their next game was against Cavalry. They went...
1: Sorry, you're right. Sorry, you're right. I was thinking of... I was thinking of Halifax, how to do the three time zones in a short amount of time. Um,
0: Edmonton have been the only
1: team so far along
0: South Pacific to have that midweek fixture. Every team so far has been able to... Oh, so this is before the Canadian Championship, they all play played midweek. Every team so far has had that week's rest. Edmonton have been the only one so far to have had this sort of obnoxious scheduling happen to them to such a ex- degree.
1: But exactly, so far. Every team's going to have to pull up with something like this eventually in this season. In the league, even if it's not this year, they're going to have to do it eventually. It's Canadian soccer, guys. You have a short amount of time to play the game in the country, and it's a big country. You have to go through the travel. You have to go through the time zones. If you want to get, unless you want to be playing at 30 feet of snow, this is what you got to do <laughs> in Canada to play soccer. Unfortunately, that- that's how it is. And I think as much as I think the, are, the complaint is valid, it's not going to change anything. It's how you have to play the game in the country.
0: Uh, yeah, I suppose. Another thing I wanted to talk about was um, just the little things with the scheduling. Edmonton are playing Cavalry on Friday night, just there at night, at the same time as the Edmonton Oilers of the NHL are playing an important away game. You, you could have just moved that game to the Saturday. I disagree. Like, what, why would you, if you want, to, you want to get fans in, you want to drum interest, why, why try to compete with the NHL when you could just move it the day after?
1: No, I'm sorry. Listen. York went to the same thing York had to play Friday night as well York's in Toronto Toronto played that night as well And not only did York have to play what the Leafs were playing They had to play also have to play another team in the GTA with a forge so that's two major cities That had to play during the Leafs game. You have to remember this league is very small and they do not care They cannot compete with the NHL playoffs. Yeah at the end of the right. day because no matter who is playing, as long as there's a Canadian team in the playoffs, they're going to get the TV shows in the NHL. We cannot be sitting here thinking, oh, well, this team can't play because the same city is in the playoffs because that's a st- it's hockey. Regardless of what we've done in soccer moving forward, this is still a hockey country. It hasn't shifted overnight.
0: I just don't think the league's helping itself, and I think for a league this small, it has to try and help itself any way it can. You mean we can the- talk about this all day, but I think we've got another point that you and I kind of disagree with for a little bit. This is... Well for two people, ladies and gentlemen, it sounds like this is a ding-ding episode. I promise me and Michael are friends. <laughs> we're gonna kiss we're gonna kiss and make up after this. This Can't made wait. the news this week about Montreal's technical director, I believe it was, admitting there are Montreal players who've refused loan deals in the CPL. What were you thinking about this, Michael?
1: I was shocked. Um and honestly amazed where some of these players basically refuse to get regular minutes or potential regular minutes in any league because they're not playing with montreal they're not in the cpl you think they would want to see growth within the players like if i'm a manager and my players are no to go into a lower league for one season that's going to stick to me
0: montreal in particular have been very accommodating to this they cover a hundred percent of the loan wages to go to the cpl and they played orlando this week and the first goal scorer was joel waterman he played in the CPL in 2019, I believe it was, the first yep. ex-CPL player to score in the MLS. Lucas McNaughton is now appearing for Toronto and getting game time for them. That's so, Yeah, exactly. So it seems silly for, C- for these MLS players to act as if going to the CPL isn't helping them. But, I mean, to be fair, a lot of them are. There's four Montreal players loaded out in the CPL and a couple of Toronto and... Vancouver players as well ultimately I think part of this issue is down to individual preference now if I was one of these individuals that turned down a loan move unless I think I can develop better as a player in Montreal or I seriously think I can get game time I'm with you I don't see it I think it makes much more sense to go and get that those regular minutes in the CPL
1: I can tell you right now, I'm highly confident that one of those players is Ferdinand on Montreal. Um, (laughs) He played with Ottawa last year. He did have a shaky start, but when he was at his peak, I thought he was really good. Early in the season, I turned to my brother and I was like, this guy's going somewhere. He looks super good. But he had a rough season, didn't get maybe as much minutes as he wanted. But I I can guarantee he's probably the player. But so I don't understand how he's in this situation. Oh, you know what? I didn't like my time in Ottawa. Uh, I don't want to go back to the CPL. Do you ask for another loan to somewhere else? Do you say no I'm okay of riding the bench all season? Because he hasn't been featured at all. He's been on the bench maybe two or three times for CF Montreal. I don't I understand he, it.
0: I think he may be looking at it as well. The, the, the MLS season is still young and they've got Canadian championship games to go as well, so he may he may think there is some game time there, but it's not gonna be as much as it's not gonna be as much, and again, it's the more game time young players, particularly young Canadian players can get, the better. It's well, only yeah. going to hold them, It's only going to hold them back if they're just kind of rotting away rotting away. You may get that development, but ultimately if you're not playing, there's a reason why they're not playing you.
1: Well, the one thing I don't want to see is the CPR became a basically a farm league for the MLS, right? I mean we, we don't want to see that. We want it to be a no. whole league creating its own stars. And we have we have seen players do it. But at this stage of the league, it is important to bring that MLS talent and the young Canadian talent. I think the CPL is a great way to start making your name in Canadian soccer and having your name on maybe Herdman's list if you want to make the, the Canadian team. This is a great start. So for you to be like, nah, I'd rather than sit on the bench, it, there's question marks there.
0: Yeah, there is. And um, that will do us for news at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I'm going to take my host hat off I'm passing it along to Michael. Michael's going to be putting the hat on and he's going to be introducing us into the into a little bit of an unorthodox Game of the Week segment, but let's just power through it, Michael. Take the take the floor.
1: Yeah, so Game of the Week, uh, well, yeah, Game of the Week is I'm going to be asking Paul some questions based, based off the uh, the Edmonton-Calvary matchup that happened on Friday evening. Usually, this is a two-player game, but Andre is not with us at the moment. So Paul will still be answering his questions and we will get Andre's questions answered um, for next week. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give him a little chat tomorrow, uh, tonight and see if he can give me some answers. And we'll we'll release that. There is a standings going on right now and Paul is top of the table. Oh, no, sorry, Andre's top of the table. Uh, so Andre can defend that title. Uh, but right now, Pickle's Paul is just preparing right himself down. to say I'm top of the title. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, Paul, I'm going to read you out the questions. I believe this point system works as number one question worth one point. Yep. Two is worth two. Three is worth three. Right? And here we go. I'm going to round off the questions. And then we'll get to a break. And then we'll get back to uh, Paul answering these questions. So, uh, question number one. We'll start with a little bit easy. What minute was the first goal scored on in the 3-0 victory for Calvary? Uh, the second one including this match, how many times has Calvary played FC Edmonton? And you'll get a bonus point if you can tell me how many of those games the Eddies have won. Number three, at the top of the stadium, on the, uh, if you're looking at the camera, you see the stands at the top, there's flags going along the top. What is the fourth flag in that? Going left to right, what was the fourth flag? And um, here's a little bit of a fun one, a little bit of a different one. Uh, looking at Edmonton's team, they weren't very good uh, on the weekend. Uh, they maybe had two players that played well for me, and that was Faikla and Wojcicki. Uh Paul, can you spell Wordjesski? <laughs> Did I say five questions? I'm so sorry. I've, I've lost track there.
0: That's okay. Question five.
1: Okay, so there, okay, five. Um, behind the goal to the right of the net, uh, there was a bunch of ads going along behind the net. Uh, going from left to right, what is the first ad that is behind the net? Mm, those are some tough questions to
0: take me into the break, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have to uh, think about this, I have some brain food. We'll, we'll reconvene with you as soon as we can.
1: All right, now we're back. Hope you all had time, fun time thinking about all those answers to those difficult questions I threw thrown out. Yep. So, starting off with the first question, Paul What was the first minute scored for another victory? I know roughly when
0: it was scored, um, the 29th minute?
1: Oh, that was, that was close. It was the 30th
0: minute. Ah, uh, 30th minute.
1: All right. That was close, but that, good job. Um, Thank you. Including this match, how many times have they played each other? And bonus point, can you tell me how many of those games the Eddies have won?
0: Okay, so I'll start with the easiest one. Um, Edmonton famously haven't won a game between the two yet. And I think it's been... 13 or 14. I'm
1: gonna go with 13. This was the thirteenth match. It was the 13th meeting. Oh yeah. So good job, you got. You got three points on the board now with that bonus one answered as well. Upsetting for the Eddies, and I'm sure all 400 fans truly do care. Question number three. Uh, At the top of the stadium, there is flags going along the stands, Uh, from left to right. Which is the fourth flag? on see, the roster.
0: See, I wrote down all the nationalities, so I know there's US,
1: Britain, Canada, and Germany. I, I think the answer is Germany. Um, so you wrote down the nationalities, but if you notice, the first flag is a blue flag. Ah. Uh. So <laughs> though, um, if you were just talking about the nationalities, Germany would have been right. But including the blue flag, the fourth one alone was the Union Jack.
0: Oh, the Union Jack's haunting me again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Can't leave a good Scott alone. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to say this one very slowly and carefully so I can check off each letter. Paul, can you please spell Wojciechki?
0: Okay. Um, you can see I'm not looking at my notes here. I'm looking directly at the camera. W A R C H W E S K I.
1: I am so sorry. That is incorrect. The correct oh. spelling for Wojcicki is W A R S, C H E W S K I. Ah man, I feel like I was pretty close there. It was very close. And when I was when I saw his name on his jersey, I'm like, wait, what? That's how it's spelled. That's how I kind of came up with the question. And then I googled it. I'm like, there's a like kind of a, a secret S in there. There's another like W. It's, it's all over the place, but that is how you spell Tobias Wojcicki's name. <laughs> and the last question of the game. Behind the net, to the right, there's a bunch of ads going along it. From left to right, which is the first ad on the board?
0: The only ad I can think of is Oat Canada.
1: I apologize once again. It is Allstate. Uh, okay, so I have, I've set a pretty low bar here, haven't I? You did. You came out with three points today. See, I was worried I made these questions too easy. Maybe not. <laughs> no, uh, maybe, that, maybe that says more for me.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Uh, so yeah, we'll get we'll get Andre's answers to this, and we'll see if Paul remain uh, Paul can catch him if Andre had a terrible terrible week. We'll see. We'll um, see. I guess we've done the question. Sorry. I guess you should
0: introduce Game of the Week, seeing as Andre's not here.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna get right into that. Uh, now that we've done the questions for Game of the Week, let's talk about Game of the Week. The 13th matchup of El Classico. It was um, really a bad one for Edmonton, I have to say. What do you think, Paul?
0: This was kinda of like the performance we all were fearing from Edmonton. It's I actually listened to, back to us last week and we're pretty positive. And I'm starting to think, oh, man, have we, did we date ourselves too early there? Were we, were, were we too high on Edmonton right off the bat? I think um, so. Um, yeah, I'm just, starting to feel like we're a bit too optimistic.
1: They, there's the, the proper form of Edmonton I think we all uh, suspected. And Vica, another great game. He made a lot of big saves. He was really the one trying to keep Edmonton in it. Um, but the rest of the team, I think Wojcicki had a decent game, but not a lot to work with given to him. Um, but... Last podcast, I was really high on the Edmonton back end, and they were almost invisible today.
0: See, I think the problem is they're just, they've just got way too much to do. The, the entire game plan is they just basically have to defend for their lives the entire game. And so any slip-up, and there's a couple. The first goal comes from Edmonton's defence giving it away, and that's where the goal comes from. second goal comes from what should have been a penalty that went in for a free-kick anyway. And later on, the third... In the second second half, they're watching too much hockey. They only said third quarter. Later on in the second half, there was another giveaway as well, which led to Musi having a one-on-one. They're their own worst enemy at the back. But I think that comes from the insane pressure of knowing any goal. And it's probably game over at that point. They need help up front, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do. And I, I just don't know the answers there. Albright has been Albright hasn't been that exciting for me. Uh, Wojcicki had goal of the season, probably, but I think this was his, probably his best game since that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing for Edmonton is uh Schum is coming back; it looks like he's healthy again, so that, that helps the mid and a little bit more attacking pressure. But other than that, uh, there's not much to really go off. Uh, I, the one thing for Calvary though, we could talk about is Joe Mason leaving the game early.
0: Yeah, that could be a big that could be a big mess. I think Fraser Air went off early as well, didn't he?
1: Uh no, Frazier Aaron played seventy four minutes. So he did. He did have a fall, and I think that was more of a precaution. I hope.
0: Ah, oh, hopefully, yeah, they'll need him.
1: Yeah, uh, I think because he... Bevan doesn't look as
0: Bevan's. He's not the same player as Mason.
1: No, he's not. Uh, Frazier Aaron is probably one of the more high end t- talents in the league, <laughs> and we don't want to see another high end talent go down on, obviously. And I think Frasier was a huge part of that victory as well. He, he assisted Joe Mason's goal. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just all, of, all around the field, defensively I thought, and offensively.
0: I thought him and Ali Mercy in particular were outstanding. I thought he dominated oh, yeah. that midfield. Almost everything they did attacking-wise went through him. has been stop special
1: him. this year. He's he like Mousie's a been runaway been train. Special. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he's insane. And what, another cool fact is um, Calvary's the two signs they made the previous week. They both made their debuts uh, for Calvary tonight as well. Or, sorry, on Friday
0: night. I thought Belly getting booked booked was a potential question, so... I (laughs) I thought it was a good one.
1: Um, He kind of took the guy down pretty clean there. Um, Yeah. It was early in the game, though, and that's where you put the the question mark. Was it that early? Does the ref not be like, okay, dude, just relax and start bucking him? Maybe. But, I mean, at the end of the day, later in the game, that is a foul, right? That is a yellow.
0: I thought Cavalry were pretty good in this game, and what I was impressed with, they adapted. A lot of teams have struggled going into Edmonton. Like yep. they've played three games, free draws. Cavalry played a four-one-four-one. They got bodies in midfield, and like you've seen a lot in the first half, they were very high up. They pinned Edmonton really far back. They had those bodies around the strike, around Joe Mason. They had wit- they had width. They said so they had Musa dominated midfield. They usually play a three-four-three, but I think this allowed them to get much more of a stamp in midfield because Edmonton they played well in midfield against Pacific. But they couldn't get the ball in this game, especially in the first half.
1: Yeah, it was really no, good. Right. Um, it
0: was really good from Tommy Whedon's men there.
1: Yeah, they did, they did a tremendous job on that. And we can't talk about Moosey without talking about that goal as well. It was a nice goal. Ray on the box. People were asking most... for a penalty, but obviously it didn't matter because he was able to smoke it in anyways. I was going to
0: say the most relieved man and the the most relieved people in the stadium would be the referees, will not they? <laughs> <laughs> they were the exactly. happiest people that was a goal
1: <laughs> oh. I don't think it was a penalty though I think it was a good call from outside the box I,
0: I mean I've seen it back a couple times and the more I see it the more I think it's in the box Do you? But okay. this brings us back to our VAR conversation from last week that's ultimately the only way you're going to get black and white definite decisions on this
1: well yeah talk about um, VAR we could go back and look at the uh, the Forge game with um, this week with Campbell's goal being disallowed and an obvious goal
0: yeah, I, get, I think it's a conversation i are going to have to have. But to bring it back to Edmonton Cav- Cavalry, we have to talk about the Cavalry fans, eh? what, a, what a showing.
1: I know we have yeah. an
0: attendance roundup, but just to give them the dues early.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even, even though the, the rest of the stadium, I felt, did pretty well, you know, even though the Edmonton yeah. Oilers were playing, I thought, the, <laughs> I thought the fans still showed up. I don't think you would have got any more if Edmonton wasn't playing that night.
0: I will admit, I was, um, I was very anxious for this, but it was a better show than I thought it would be, as much as I have the with it. Um, before we totally leave Calvary Edmonton, I guess this is the good time today to announce that we're going for the rematch for our game of the week
1: next week. Yes, and um, the Canadian Cup.
0: Yes, big time stuff. Knockout tournament. Leave it all in the line. The 14th a-
1: meeting of Al Classico. I'm interested to see um, Edmonton's lineup for that game. They don't have a deep bench, so I wonder, do they just go with a regular 11 or do they get some kids in there? I can
0: see a scenario as well. It's like anyone at this point is, val- is precious and the possibility is there. All right, we know Vancouver aren't in the best of form, but the possibility is there for a fixture against the Whitecaps in the next round. That could give them a bit of a a cash push that they need. So an incentive like that could like make all the difference for Edmonton wanting to go out and win this game rather That's than true. for the young kids.
1: Yeah, and it, uh, again, it's also interesting to see the lineup Calvary's going to put out. Uh, does Calvary think uh, a win in Edmonton is important to play some of the bigger names as well? I don't. I don't think we'll see Joe Mason, and I don't think we'll see Fraser aired. I think he wants to wrestle those two after coming off the way they did. That makes sense. But I think Pebble came in. He looked good. He almost scored, but unfortunately, he was knocked in as an own goal before Pebble got a foot to it. So I think Pebble might get the start. But other than that, I, I, I think it's going to be a heavy. If you're considering like, starting 11, I think uh, Edmonton's going to be very heavy and Calvary's going to have a sprinkle here and there of regulars on the lineup.
0: They will, yeah. That brings us to our our final little segment for this week, ladies and gentlemen. We're going on to our attendance roundup. We've, we've sort of hinted at it there. We're very impressed with what we've seen at Edmonton. We thought they had um, a healthy crowd, given all that's going on up there. You could hear the Cavalry fans very loud, very clear. I'd like to give a shout out to the fans at Valor.
1: Yep, that's where I was going.
0: Ah, great minds and all that. See, gentlemen, we can agree.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they play in a big stadium like Ottawa, like Forge. Um, the thing I like about their stadium, though, opposed to those two, is you can see more of the stadium.
0: Yeah. And you can see very... more of the fans. And there was quite an echo, I thought. Like, watching it on TV, it sounded really loud.
1: It, it sounded then, yeah. like there was a
0: lot more people there than it did. It, so, it sounded really good on TV.
1: It did, and they looked good, too. I think uh, I think with a, a winning team with Valor, they could, they could bring in a good audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to struggle this season, though, with that. And it's also their home opener, right? So uh, numbers are going to fluctuate. They're usually the highest one will be a home opener match, right? So I, we'll see in the future weeks if Valor keep that up. But, yeah, I was impressed by their attendance this week.
0: Yeah, they had the advantage of, um, they mentioned a couple of times in commentary that they've had the best weather so far out uh, of really any game in the CPL this year. Oh okay, God. So, they got, they got, so like they, they're the anti-Edmonton so far, I guess, when it comes to you know, <laughs> favourable weather.
1: Hey, don't you worry, Amitabh might win one game
0: this year. <laughs> the crowd at Orwell looked loud as well, obviously, that could be a little difficult if you're watching it on TV, you don't see the fans, but when you do see the fans, I thought it looked like a healthy amount, a healthy amount there. We'll also get the figures later on in the week, and we'll tweet those out on our official account. Our official account is, FC, is FC13podcast. FC You can find us on Twitter. We're also in association with 13 Man Sports. You can find their website by typing that in. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter as well. They we also have a podcast for those of a CFL um, liking. We're, uh, we're filling the outro, outro now, Michael, so we're going straight into the plugs. You got anything you want to you wanna plug or mention?
1: Yeah, you can follow uh, me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Where That's I, what I like to hear. Yeah, where I, will, where I regularly post uh, my team of the week uh, for 13th Man Sports. And uh, Andre does have a Twitter as well. Unfortunately, I do not know it because he is not here. But he does have Twitter if you want to go looking for Andre's Twitter. We're going to have to make you work to find Andre's
0: Twitter because he's not here at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, and if you've enjoyed what you heard today, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure to do all the things that podcast tip, podcast hosts always tell you to do. Give us a five star rating, please. Follow us, and just share us with a friend. That'd be that'd be very very swell.
1: Swell, friends.
0: Yes, yeah, swell. Please, please like us. Please like us, please. <laughs> <laughs> and it I think that does it. I think that does us for today. I think we've handled okay. We've been we've been a man down, but we've steadied the ship. We've we bunkered in. We've yep. stood the pressures, and we've made it out to the other side. We did better
1: than Toronto German. with a man down.
0: <laughs> we did bell than Toronto with a man down. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been the FC 13 podcast, home of all things Canadian soccer. And we'll see you next week.